On today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we hit somewhat of a milestone episode. We learned that shredders can ultimately be sensitive guys with great hair. So line up your greens and blues, because we're doing Mr. Biggs to be with you. This is a very special episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures because it is our 100th episode. And in honor of our 100th episode, I decided that since we'll be waiting on a line of greens and blues, hold on here, just opening this for you, here's a special gift for you and me. Wait, are those mood rings? That's correct. I got 1970s vintage mood rings in honor of Mr. Biggs to be with you. This is fantastic. So currently mine is, oh, mine's purple. I put it on, it was blue. Okay. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Hold on one moment. I got to find out what that means. I got it here, actually. Okay. Purple is very happy or curious. Oh, I am very happy and curious. Mine's a light blue, which means pleasant or flirtatious. Oh. Am I flirting? Well, I don't know. I, this might be your move. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I never know my move either. That's true. Oh, mine just turned another color. What are, what, what color is uh, orange? Orange is nervous, upset, or feeling challenged. Oh, see, there you go when you brought out the flirtatious. Yeah. Now it's really changed the... <laughs> The dynamic of the podcast here. I was going to say mood, but that's too on the nose. Or on the ring. What does greens and blues mean then? So greens are... Mixed emotion, worry, and distress. And blue again? Blue is... Dark blue is relaxed happiness. Light blue is pleasant and flirtatious. Okay. So we're living in that zone today as we look at Mr. Biggs to be with you. Do you remember the first time you heard this song? It's tough to say. I, it was probably played by my sister because it came out when we were in grade nine, grade 10, something like that. Grade nine. And I remember it really well. It was because of my sister. She listened to it all the time. Yeah. I remember it being huge. And I feel like it was very popular within the female crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And I was surprised. I I had no idea that it actually went to number one, and it held on to number one for three weeks on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 chart. It was huge. It was was big, and of course, they're called Mr. Big, the band. This is a song unlike anything else in their catalog up until this point. So this is on their second album, Lean Into It. Mm -hmm. And so I took the time last week to listen to a good portion of their Mr. Big discography. And those first two albums are just heavy songs with some blues. And then out of nowhere, Lean Into It ends with this song. Yeah. So I think we need to go through the history of Mr. Big, talk about what their um, 
all about. So I'm going to start, Frank, with a joke for you that I wrote today. It's an original. (laughs) Hey, Frank. Yes, Bill? What's Mr. Big's favorite comic book? I don't know, Bill. What is Mr. Big's favorite comic book? It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they're shredders. (laughs) I came on fire tonight. I'm ready. You know what? I'm going to put on the other mood ring just so I know what my right and left hands are doing. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, because Mr. Big was a rock group, a glam rock group. And they were accomplished players. I was kind of dismissive of them up until maybe last week because I just didn't bother listening to any of their stuff. Yeah. I just knew this song. But then diving into it, they know what they're doing. They play really well. I'm totally uninterested in shredder rock. It is the least appealing thing to me about rock music. Yeah. You, I think, can handle the shredding a bit more. I love a self-indulgent guitar solo and something that just rips in in the song and so these guys do rip and yeah. so you have this band mr big starts with i believe what's the name of that well band? it's uh, eric martin is the lead singer right and he got a call from billy sheehan who's right. the bass player right and apparently one of the best bass players in that type of rock yeah because he, he played with the oh what's his name um David Lee Roth's band after after he left Van Halen. And David Lee Roth famously almost got invited on a vacation trip by Bill to, to Egypt. The offer is still open if Ashley allowed me to go. And, I, and having a paramedic with us on the trip will probably help out. Yeah, I, I think your, your biggest concern was that he would actually say yes and show up on that trip with you guys. I don't think we could party with David Lee Roth. No, no, no. I don't think anyone can anymore. So you have the guitarist who's Paul Gilbert, right? And so Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheehan are the beginnings of the band. They find Eric Martin. And uh, yeah, Billy Sheehan gave him a call completely out of the blue. They never knew each other, never met. Billy knew of Eric and he's like, hey, I want you to be a lead singer in this band that I'm forming. So that's the origin story of, of Mr. Big. Yep. And Eric Martin had just been dropped by Atlantic Records. He had a solo contract. And he'd also just been dropped by another band that he was the singer for for yeah. two weeks. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That band? Toto. Oh, that's right. I think I read that. So Toto has kind of a track record of trying to bring people in. They had the Mr. Mr. guy in for a bit, but then he chose not to do it. Then they brought in Eric Martin and then kicked him out because they said he was too young. He wasn't experienced enough to handle Toto's catalog. Oh, okay. Which is bizarre to me. Like, I think anyone can bless the rains down in Africa. Yeah, I think Eric Martin could do that. I think he could hold the line. (laughs) You're on fire. I am on fire. Toto, your loss, because had you had to be with you as one of your singles, I think you'd still be touring regularly. Well, then again, I think Toto still is touring regularly. Yeah, but it would have been a resurgence, I think, of Toto, because I think they were already, at this point, they were kind of already done. Yeah. Rounding out the band is Pat Torpley, who actually passed away about six years ago or so from Parkinson's. Yes, And he's the most memorable one to me in the video, in a way. I mean, they all all have very distinct looks, and we'll talk about it later. But I think he has the best hair. Yeah. I don't know who his hairstylist was, but he was, you know, in my view, 
the best looking guy in the band. No offense, Eric. You have certainly a charm to you, but you're just too youthful. Well, that was the big knock against him for Toto, right? You put Pat Torpley in there and people are going nuts. Yeah. Or at least, at least I would be. (laughs) So here we got the full band. Their first album comes out and doesn't do much. I think it sells 300,000 or 30,000 copies, something like that. Yeah, it's not a, I think 300,000 would be a good sign considered a success yeah it's hard to tell because cd sales in like the late 80s and early 90s would be were just so ridiculous that yeah you just can't tell what well, good or bad is yeah there's no there's no such thing as streaming and people just sold like hotcakes yeah so on that first album was that the album that had that awesome song daddy brother lover little boy the electric drill song that is actually the opening song on lean into it oh, which is the second album a horribly titled song. I don't like songs that talk about all the ways that they'll be for their lover because it just sounds so weird to me, but maybe that's my own issues. That Electric Drill song, it is a um, odd song. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and if you watch the video, I don't know if it's like an actual video or a concert video, but they just have drills. Yeah, and it does make me think that it is it is kind of fitting because I have written in my notes, the first thing I wrote down when I started listening to their albums was they have a Van Hagar vibe. Yeah. And the drill was played on Pound Cake. Pound Cake, that's right. Which wasn't too... I think it was... I think Pound Cake was maybe a year or two earlier. Yeah, it was, it was definitely before this. Oh, you ate one too. The song that it reminds me of other than Pound Cake is, do you remember the band Jackal that had the Chainsaw song? Yeah. yeah. And how ridiculous that one was? Yeah. So to open up an album with a drill playing on a guitar and then to somehow end with maybe the most beautiful song in (laughs) glam metal history. I know, right? Is pretty unreal. And they did talk about this. You were quoting it to me. I can't remember which one said this. But they said that it ends perfectly because it's like they've hit every type of style of music they wanted to, and now the credits were rolling on the movie. Thinking about it, it it is that end credit scene. Credits are going. It's just the nice music that sort of plays you out. You've you've finished the movie, and here you are now just watching who the key grip is. It might have been Paul Gilbert who said it. They said it's like you're standing in front of a campfire while it's playing. Like, all this does sound like a campfire well, song. Oh, it's absolutely it's a campfire song. Should we talk about the song a bit? I think so, yeah. It was written by Eric Martin, and the other guy that got a songwriting credit is David Graham, who I guess hooked up with Eric Martin when it came to writing this album. That's right. He's kind of like the gun for hire sent by the uh, record company. Yeah, yeah. I'm always curious what the guns for hire bring to it, because they don't get to tell the story usually. Yeah, we did have Stacy Wildlitz in one of our episodes give his story. He wasn't really a gun for hire. That's not fair to him. Yeah. For uh, She's Like the Wind. But in this case, David Graham heard the song, and we'll talk about the history of it soon, but it was a folk song initially, and he wanted to give it more of a give peace a chance vibe. Yeah. Well, because he came from uh, Beatlemania. Yeah. He uh, played on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes that perfect sense. Yeah. And I also feel, I have written here, I don't know if this works at this moment, but you could also call this song, All I'm Saying is Give Me a Chance. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I was going to actually rewrite the lyrics according to Give Peace a Chance, 
But that song's a lot longer than I realized. About halfway through, I'm like, I, I think I've had enough of this yeah. song. <laughs> I gave it a chance. Yeah. And then I quit. Okay, history. Frank, tell us how this song came to be. Eric Martin wrote this song back in his youth when he was in high school. He started the this song. It was written for this girl that he really, really had this crush on. And she was like a proto-goth. Proto-goth, yeah. Yeah, her name was Patricia Reynolds. I didn't even get that, uh, get yeah. her name. Yeah, okay. deep research. Yeah. Apparently, according to Eric Martin, had terrible taste in guys and just kept dating all these these guys who kept continually breaking her heart. And Eric had such a such a thing for, and I can I can commiserate with him right here. He had such a crush on this girl that he writes this song for her, basically saying like, "Give them all up, give me a chance, take a chance on me." Apparently, he would read poetry with her at the back of her parents' house in some like rusted out car or something. Oh, so it has already all the scenes of a emotive guy feeling all his. All feels. his feels, yeah. <laughs> and just not having a shot. And he realizes it to his credit at some point. He's like, okay, this isn't ever going to work out. Yeah. So he decides to um, use the song to try to win over his sister's girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd play, play it for them under a tree, he said. So the song has a lot of utility to it. He yeah. tried to win over his uh, love when he was 15 years old or whatever. Then he played it for his sister's girlfriends. And then he reluctantly... Played it for Mr. Big, his other band members. Well, the song, it existed for, I have no idea how long, but like a decade, 12 years. So quite possibly written in the 70s? 70s, yeah, which would explain the Mood Ring reference. Yes, that's right. That's exactly it. Because Mood Rings were huge in the 70s. So surprisingly, the band loves the song. Yeah. And this surprises me because usually with this type of hit, there's one member of the band who hates it and none of them feel this way. They all liked it. They all wanted it on the album. So Eric Martin was the one who was kind of resisting, but they thought it was great. Yeah. And that is impressive because this is going to set them in motion forever. Yeah. Right? And they're okay with it because it opens up all the markets to them. And yeah. of course, the main market is Japan. Japan. I was going to say females, but... Right. Oh, yeah. Females, but females and Japan. So apparently... Their stuff still went to number one, or at least a top 10 in Japan. Like all through the 90s and into the 2000s. Incredible. They're forgotten about here, but still well-respected. Yeah. In the Tom Brehan article, he says that this one song eclipsed the band. This song was bigger than anything that the band ever could be. And a lot of guilt-free pleasures are like this. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Big, you're in good company. The song wasn't even meant to be a single. So originally they had, I think it was the 60s Tinted Mind or something like that. Was that the first single? Green Tinted 60s Mind. That's right. And it didn't do much. It was a psychedelic rock song, I guess. Right. But there was some radio station in... Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Was playing it, and then it just started... I think it's probably the only radio station in Omaha, Nebraska. (laughs) Well, it took off there, and then they realized other markets were picking it up. And this is a thing, around that era, from 88 to 92, I remember there being songs that weren't supposed to be big, and then some DJ played it, Yeah, and it took off. So another one was, well, two Canadian bands I can think of. One is Sheriff. Oh, yeah. When I'm With You? When I'm with you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we'll be doing that, but I just realized how similar the songs are. Yeah. That one took off and wasn't meant to, 
and went to number one as well. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah McLaughlin's, I think, Possession okay, was played somewhere in the States, and then that was championed, and then suddenly blew up, Yeah, if I recall correctly. Yeah. But anyways, Mr. Big has to make a video quickly for this. And uh, just before we jump onto the video here, I was wrong. It's not Omaha. It's Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, Lincoln, Nebraska. I was just going to say, because we'll go to the video later, but they had to shoot a video quick and release a single. And then it takes off and goes to number one in tons of markets. Yeah. Including Canada. Yes. So it was big everywhere. 15 Mm -hmm. countries, I think. Yeah, I think so too. The song opens with a laugh. A laugh. Some sounds and some percussion tapping. Yeah, it sounds like uh, almost the guy's tapping the side of his guitar. (laughs) (laughs) And I was wondering to myself whether the bass was a acoustic bass okay it must be an electric bass but played acoustically yeah if that makes any sense well you can have acoustic basses right but he, in the video he's not like no no not, not a stand up bass but okay. you you can have like a an acoustic yeah. like hollow body uh like bass i okay. believe okay it's difficult in the video to tell because i couldn't stop looking at billy sheehan's <laughs> blonde hair even though it was a black and white. Yeah. So, okay, the, a lot of it is acoustic from a band that shreds. Yeah. You hear the laughter, you hear the tapping, and it gives you already a sense of the song that this is going to be different from everything else that came before it, and the feel is going to be loose. Yes. So to speak, but it's not really loose. No. It's kind of a genius composition. I, I read the one article, the one quote, and I believe it was Billy Sheehan who gave it, saying that this song is incredibly hard to play because there's nowhere to hide on it. It's so stripped down and basic that if you mess up a note, everyone's going to notice. That's right, because the percussion is mostly a lot of hand claps, some taps, I think. Yeah. The bass is really driving it, but yeah. that guitar is featured so well. And then those vocals, I, I mean, I've written here, the band sings background vocals really really oh, the well. harmony yeah yeah and so i don't really uh think about this when i think of rocking bands no usually the other guys don't do a lot i mean you got michael anthony which is a special case but you only have michael anthony right you don't yeah have, from van halen yeah. yeah you don't have the other guy the other van halen singing much. alex yeah yeah the one who wore the um the neck brace that was only okay maybe i've watched too many van halen videos <laughs> that's another story for another time Actually, that is a story from another time. Yeah. We talked about it in our Van Halen episode. That's right. Okay. You got everyone playing their parts, and they play it to perfection. And it's just a lot of surprises. Yeah. One of the surprises is they go directly into the song. So usually in 80s and 90s songs, they weren't used to streaming, so it didn't matter to them about whether someone would turn off the song after the first six seconds like they do now. Or our podcast. Or our podcast. Come on, Spotify listeners. <laughs> Come on. So <laughs> this song, though, jumps straight to it with the following lyric. Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you. Stand up, little girl. A broken heart can't be that bad. When it's through, it's through. Fate will twist the both of you. So come on, baby. Come on over. Let me be the one to show you. Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you Stand up, little girl A broken heart can't be that bad When it's through, 
Referring to someone, a term of endearment is little girl is like, I, I get it. You were young when you wrote this and everything is like, eh, that it just, it's just creepy. Yeah. And this came up in the Tom Bryan article too in Stereo Gum. Yeah. And it, it has stopped. It belongs in its place. Yeah. And that place is in the past and it's yeah. gone and we don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> no, thank goodness. That's so weird. But back to uh, the general gist of the thing. Well, what's he saying? A broken heart can't be that bad. Yeah, and, and this is... I really love the song, but the, the lyrics are, a broken heart can't be that bad. When your heart has been broken, it's the worst thing in the world to you. Right. You know what? You're absolutely right. It can't be that bad, but you don't want to hear that from anyone. Right. You just want to wallow in your own pain and your suffering and everything. Well, who is the only person who doesn't think that her broken heart could be that bad? Well, the guy that wants to be with her. <laughs> exactly. So this is a song where he's trying to make his move, and it may be a bad move yeah. to make. So Tom Bryhan says in his uh, article on this song, he said, It's pretty clear that To Be With You is written from the perspective of a guy trying to wheedle his way out of the friend zone. More specifically, Eric Martin's narrator tries to comfort someone after a breakup by telling this person that she should be with him instead. I don't know if that approach has ever worked for anyone in the entire history of humanity, but I do know that it's generally a bad look. <laughs> and I think it certainly is in this song, and it does sound like perhaps a teenager wrote this. Yeah, and and Tom, I can tell you that uh, you are correct. It's never worked for me. But um, you're not going to stop trying. I'm not going to stop trying. <laughs> Thousand Monkeys on a Thousand Typewriters will eventually write Shakespeare. It's a, it's a numbers game, really. Now, um, there is a line where he says, fate will twist the both of you. I thought that was kind of a clever line because you think of it as a twist of fate. Maybe he's yes. thinking of Bob Dylan's simple twist of fate. But to say that fate will twist the both of you seems clever. I'm not yeah. totally sure what it means, but maybe it'll twist the both of you over to him. Or at yeah. least one of them to him and the other guy can yeah. get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Apparently, they were all, like, really, really bad dudes, too. Like Mr. Big? No, no, no. Sorry. Oh. The, the guys that this uh, Patricia woman was dating. Now, I have to say, in my case, when I liked somebody in high school, everyone that they were dating, in my view, became bad guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it easier to think about that. But if you saw the person as a good guy, it made it much tougher yeah, exactly. to make a move because you'd be be betraying him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, betraying a good dude. Yeah. So uh, we jump straight to the chorus here. But I, I like that transition too. It's like, let me be the one to show you. I'm the one who wants to be with you. And the band all comes in. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's so good. I'm the one who wants to be with you. Deep inside, I hope you feel it too. Feel it too. Waited on the line of greens and blues just to be the next to be with you. I'm the one who wants to. And I like that second line in the chorus. 
deep inside, I hope you feel it too. It's not a demand, just like, come on, you have to feel this too. It's like deep inside, I hope that you can feel this too. It's not directing her, but it's asking her and hoping that those feelings are there as opposed to saying like, no, 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 they're here. I'm the right guy for you. You know, I, I just, I think that's a bit of a sweet moment. And I think he's trying to say to her, hey, just pause deep inside. I know right on the surface, you don't like me, but deep inside. Yeah, yeah. Hope you feel it true. Waited on a line of greens and blues. So he was really proud of that line. Waited on a line of greens and blues. Oh, okay. He said he thought it was just something a little bit off that no one would get. Yeah. Until in the interview he goes, it's a mood ring. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would have got it until he's revealed it. And I, I never really thought about it until, you know, looking up what the different colors of the mood rings mean. I like the way that that works. It, it is actually quite smart. Waited on a line of greens and blues. Green, mixed emotion, worry, and distress. Blue, relax, happiness, pleasant, flirtatious. So she's on this constant line of greens and blues. So she has all this worry and distress and and these mixed emotions, but she also has this relax and happiness. So she's living this constant sort of green to blue, green to blue, green to blue. That's my reading on it anyways. I think that's quite clever. I'm with you on it. I think it is. So despite it being written by a teenager, actually not despite, it's it's what pop music's all about. It's songs basically written in the voice of teenagers. Yeah. So what better than to have a song written by a teenager? In his own voice. <laughs> That's right. And what a voice he has. The verse is when it's just Eric Martin singing. You can tell that he has more of a bluesy yowl. Yeah to it as opposed to your typical sort of balladeer but it it really is that chorus that brings everything around smooths out all the edges and it makes it that that sing-along song yeah yeah and now that we've talked about that we can head into the second verse yes which is uh might be my favorite verse i think of the of the two or three verses build up your confidence so you can be on top for once Wake up, who cares about little boys that talk too much? I've seen it all go down. The game of love was all rained out. So come on, baby. Come on over. Let me be the one to hold you. Mixes some metaphors, but I'm all game for that stuff. And, and, And music of the heart, you just have to speak your truth. Yeah, speak your heart song. It doesn't matter which metaphors you mix because they all make sense in your heart. And even the way I said music of the heart, speak your truth, it was already mixing metaphors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hearts can't speak, Bill. I know. They can feel, though, can't they? Oh, can they ever. Build up your confidence so you can be on top for once. Wake up, who cares about little boys that talk too much? I've seen it all go down. Your game of love was already Nice little rhyming scheme. Build up your confidence. You can be on top for once. Not bad. And then then he's talking about little boys that talk too much. Uh, I, is that meaning that she went out with guys who wouldn't let her speak? That may make some bad dudes. Yeah, I wonder if they're just sort of telling tales out of school or rumors and, oh, and yeah. trash talking her now that they're not together. And you know what? Interestingly, we have it 
open with, hold on, little girl. And now he's talking about little boys. Yeah. He does balance it. Yeah. I mean. It's creepy both ways. That's true. Yeah. It didn't get any better there, did it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like when a uh, teenager is able to say that he's seen it all go down. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? The game of love was all rained out. Okay, all right. So, uh, loves a game. It's all rained out. So come on over. Like so, Lo- he's love- not playing games. Yeah, love is baseball. Well, baseball is a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. And then we jump right back to that chorus. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little more powerful. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna take a look see if there's much to. It's it's the same. It's the same. It's just uh, the accents that Eric Martin sings. Yeah. Is it is a little bit more this time. And then the next part, I wonder if this is David Graham's edition. It's hard to know, but a sort of bridge like this yeah. makes me think that you have an accomplished songwriter coming in saying, hey, let's put in a bridge. And then this bridge is the questioning bridge. Why be alone when we can be together, baby? I know I said the second verse was my favorite. I was wrong. <laughs> this is my favorite. This, Frank, is what brings me joy. You ready? Yeah. You can make my life worthwhile. I can make you start to t t t smile. Why We can be together, baby. You can make my life worthwhile. I can make you start to smile. I like it, but I I, I find the lyrics a little bit problematic. It's cringeworthy, but then absolutely beautiful yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. because there is an open-heartedness about it be with me because i'm an option here and it's also like the worst setup because it sounds like a guy who is used to losing because he says why be alone when we can be together and then he says you can make my life worthwhile yeah exactly this was going to come out surprising but from the women i've pulled in my life they all said that guys who seem depressed and desperate are not attractive to them. Is that what I've been doing wrong? <laughs> so you got to put up that front. But I do like that despite his whole thing about make my life worthwhile, what he can bring to her is a smile. It's so warm. And this is a thing with heavy metal ballads, shredder ballads, glam metal ballads. Deep at their heart, there's these tender-hearted love songs where there isn't a real crassness to them, where you might find in some more modern things, I think... It's this sort of sweet, totally innocent song by guys who look scary or look like they've just come out of a hairdressing salon. (laughs) Out of a scary hairdressing salon. Yeah, which when I was a kid, they're like, oh, those guys are scary. And like, those guys work so hard on their hair. There's no way they're going to get into a fight. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Now, after the smile, we get that guitar solo. Yeah. And it is perfect. And the the video really gives you a picture of it when they play it because you feel like you can see every note being plucked. Yeah. But it's like every note is thoughtfully put there. It's not going nuts on guitar, it's even not, though they could. Yeah, it's not overly self-indulgent. And of all people, shredders can be self-indulgent. Yeah. They knew what to do and they held back. Kudos to whoever produced this too because this is all a group effort. Yeah. 
Paul Gilbert, bit of an MVP performance there. And then we go back into that, when it's through, it's through, fate will twist the both of you. So come on, baby, come on over. Let me be the one to show you. And this is what I love. I think this is my favorite part of the song. It comes in right before the chorus, and they do a this amazing key change for the chorus, right? One of the greatest key changes. So right before that, there's just a subtle little change in the way that he's singing it. And he sings, let me be... The one to show you. He slows it down. And it's like, are you ready for this? Yeah, exactly. He builds, he just, that tension is there, that anticipation is there. And then boom, key change. Yeah. So good. And then taking you home, right? Yeah. And and everyone's singing along. They got their lighters out or whatever. Yeah. All in. They They have them out in the video, don't they? No, well, the video is on a train, so I don't know. Unless they had their own lighters out. Um, no, maybe no, I'm thinking about the extreme more train. than words oh, right. video because they have they have lighters out in that. Okay, yeah, that kind of, it all starts to blend together. Yeah. So come on, baby, come on over. Let me be the one to show you. I'm the one who wants to be with you. I'm the Yeah, it takes us right to the end and ends on like a definitive note too, which is kind of originally 90s maybe. Most of them do the fade out, but they just end with it. And in case you didn't know this is a fun song, he goes, Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly like that. I think I hit the note. (laughs) I think you hit it. Waited all my life just to be the next to be with you. The video is incredible. Yeah. The video is actually one of the things that makes the song to me. I can't think about the song without the video because the video is what I saw first. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those videos that captures the feel of the song. There's an intimacy about the video because it's shot on a train car, which is set up like a, a studio of sorts, a very casual studio with couches and chairs and everything and all the members of the band are there they're there but they're in close proximity together and it just feels comfortable they look so happy yes and i have written down here they are totally primed for the teen mags yeah (laughs) really every smile every hairdo is just something that's going to go on those magazines and those magazines did big business in the 90s yeah people have them pin up on the wall Everything is set for this to to take off. Yeah. And I feel like the director didn't have to really tell them to smile. I feel they just naturally had these grins. And for a hard-rocking, shredding band, they look so wholesome. 
and so inviting, despite their, you know, the rock and roll look. Well, the airs that they put on. And uh, they're all there and they're all in playing their parts. And when they get to the part where you have the guitar solo, that's our Wizard of Oz moment. Yes. So it goes from black and white to color. Yeah. And it's fitting because maybe it's demonstrating that the amour or potential amour of Eric Martin is starting to come around. Yeah. Maybe her mood ring. Warming up. Yeah, warming up. Yeah. The mood ring turns from black and white to colors, to rainbow. Yeah, I think a black and white mood ring would just... Really, you only have two emotions then, right? That's right. Well, she was kind of goth. Well, that's true, yeah. When he sings Why Be Alone during the uh, video, he holds his hand up, and then he grabs his hand and looks surprised that his hand has raised, and he pulls it down. I didn't pick up on Yeah. I think this is a reference to the movie Dr. Strangelove, where the guy's hand it seems to attack Peter Sellers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And... Maybe he's saying love can be strange. <laughs> I believe I have my grade 11 English essay ready to be written for this. Type it into chat GBT and uh, there you go. Question for you. We're moving into categories, so I have a couple things written down here. Have you been the guy who wants yes. to be... <laughs> Okay, so have I. That's not even a question, Bill. I know. This is our 100th episode. I think I've talked about me being that guy at least 84 times. All right, I got even a better question. Do you even listen to our episodes? I know. Well, yeah. When you're in the midst of editing, I just listen for like nose breaths and other (laughs) things to cut out. So you don't listen for my pain? No, no, no. I'm too busy looking for our glory. Have you ever been the girl? There's a hard-hitting question for you. No. Oh, no, okay. I believe it or not, and I know this is a shock to you because we've been friends for over 30 years and you know everyone that I've dated. I haven't been in a lot of relationships. I think if you dig deep that there is always that person out there that both you and I have probably ignored who was hoping and waiting for us. And so when you're on the other side, oh, it's I was hard to I was thinking this. was I ever like the person who was just dating people who were always bad for me? Oh, no, no. No, were you Patricia? Was I Yeah, no, I was never Patricia. I think I've been a Patricia before. Okay. And you just don't know it or when you see someone who earnestly wants to be with you and you don't want to be with that person, it's a horrific feeling where it's like, wow, I'd rather be the guy waiting on lines of greens and blues than being the the one who's breaking hearts. Yeah, you'd rather be the one hurting than the one who is hurting. That's right. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because uh, there's no laws against being murdered, but there's certainly laws against murdering. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Murdering! <laughs> okay, sorry. Bit of a callback there. Next question. This is going to surprise you, because you haven't ever heard this one. Do you think Michael Bolton could have <gasps> sung this song? Yes, I think Michael Bolton would do an awesome version of this song. And I think especially Michael Bolton of 1991, 92, like totally in. In my mind, the Michael Bolton version of this, he is doing all the parts of the harmony in the chorus. Yeah. It's just recordings of him harmonizing with himself. This is like the Phil Collins Two Hearts video where he plays all the instruments and all the things. It'd be (laughs) Michael Bolton just doing everything. Yeah. They're all versions of Michael Bolton. Yeah. He's going to have to straighten that hair out to go for Pat Torpley. He had Pat Torpley a like Bon Jovi level haircut. Yeah. I'm talking about Bon Jovi the band, which maybe had the greatest haircuts 
Yes. The greatest hairdressers working for them. Anyways, a little too much on Pat Torpley. I'm we're talking I'm a lot about hair. On this was, one. Oh, yeah. they were a hair metal band. Yeah, to us they were anyways. I mean, yeah. in their heads, they're like, no, we're shredders, man. Yeah. Tokyo! Next up, Hallmark movie. Pretty on the nose, isn't it's it? It's pretty on the nose, but at the end, the girl has to end up with the guy. No question. And, I mean, it could be kind of a rom-com, right? About yeah. the guy wanting to be with her, but there's so many movies like this. Yeah. It might actually be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it probably is. I think there's probably about 27 Hallmark movies that are exactly like this song. I like the idea of the Hallmark movie incorporating the video that the train's coming to town. Okay. Yeah. So I like trains in my movies. Yeah. Sort of like the Lionel Richie stuck on you. I think I had this vision of a train in that one too. Okay. Listen to all of the other 99 episodes, people. Yeah. I'm trying to advertise. There's yeah. some good stuff out there. Some real stinkers though too. <laughs> Let's now talk about the charts. This song was number one in a bunch of places, but I wanted to take a look at the Canadian charts for this episode and the end of year charts. Oh, okay. Okay. This was number two, the number two song of the year. End of the year? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so let's go through the top five. Layla, Eric Clapton from the Unplugged album. That oh, was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you asked me to. Celine Dion. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. A lot of Can Con actually coming here. Song instead of a kiss. Elena Miles. Okay. There's no way that's a number three song in yeah, all Canada. Yeah, I barely remember that song. Well, there's And how did it beat out Celine Dion? It beat out one by U2. That was number six. There's no way. Yeah. I'll Be There is number seven by Mariah Carey, by the way. Oh. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Listen, I like Song Instead of a Kiss a lot. Yeah. But there's no way that was number three. And so sometimes on Canadian charts, I think they just put them in there. Yeah. Well, it's skewed because of the... Uh, CanCon regulations. CanCon regulations, yeah. So number two, To Be With You. And number one, kind of a surprise to me, Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough, Patty Smythe oh, and Don Henley. That was a massive song. Yeah. I remember that. It was all over the place that year. You remember the video where they're just sitting together holding each other? Yeah. Oh, man. It's so depressing. <laughs> Isn't it enough? Because all he wants to do is be with her. And then Don Henley says, love's just ain't enough. Shut yeah. up, Don Henley. You're so yeah. rich, Mr. Corporate CEO of rock and roll. Yeah, you're ruining Mr. Big here. You're completely contradicting what they're saying. And Celine Dion's, if you ask me to, is also on the same vein. Yeah. So I guess that leads us naturally to the mixtape. Mixtape. Okay. All right, Frank. I've done a lot of talking. Okay. I'm pretty excited. Bit hyper today. I'm going to let you... Give us your songs first. My mixtape is all power ballads by late 80s, early 90s rocker bands. Looking forward to this one. Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. There you go. Love of a Lifetime by Firehouse. Oh, yeah. And you can't have Mr. Biggs to be with you without having More Than Words by Extreme. When I See You Smile by Bad English. Heaven by Warrant. Two Steps Behind by Def Leppard, and closing it all off with Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi. Wow. 
that was basically a home run derby of songs. I mean, I, I know they're all like big, big songs. There's no subtleties there, but that was definitely a mixtape I probably would have made. Okay. Well, I feel I got to kind of alter mine a bit to try to get to those levels. These are songs about wanting to be with somebody who's not with you. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm going to open it with, whoo, I'm going to change things up because I'm now following yours, which are great. I actually wasn't going to put this on because I can't tell if I hate this song. <laughs> but maybe that makes it a guilt-free pleasure. Yeah. I will wait Mumford and Sons. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure that the jury's out. There's a couple songs on here. I'm going to tell you I don't know if I hate them. <laughs> the next one I do not hate. I really like this song. You Belong With Me, Taylor Swift. Okay. Right on the nose. Same deal. Take a Chance On Me, ABBA. Okay, come on. Take a chance. Take a chance on me. Yeah. I tried to do Piece of Chance and I got lost there. And I got another song here. I need a transition to the my actual core final songs. So I needed a transition. I don't know where I stand on this. I might hate it. I might <laughs> listen to it if it's on the radio. I might hide somewhere and maybe cry to it, remembering the older version of me. Treat you better, Sean Mendes. Oh. I'm sorry. And then we're I kind of like that. Song. Okay, good. Okay, good. So that is a guilt free pleasure. Yeah. I was so ashamed all day. I didn't want to say it. There's no shame with guilt free pleasures. Yeah, though. you're right. Hundred episodes in, I still got lots of work to do. Yeah. Okay, next up, and this is bringing us home. The next time I fall. Oh yes. Yeah. So what I wanted was I wanted to start with a sort of waiting song, and then you belong with me is this is right on to be with you. It's the same deal you know what, you're with her, but you should be with me, and et cetera, et cetera. Then Take a Chance on Me, which is also saying, come on, you can do this. Treat You Better is right on the nose, same as Be With You. The next time I fall is then someone saying, I will be with you. I'm not ready yet, but I will be with you. Yeah. And then it's going to end with the following. Save the best for last, Vanessa Williams. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good song. Yeah. Nice work. Thank you. That's a good mix. Spent a lot of the day on this one. Yeah. Possibly too much of the day. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're hitting up a lot here and, uh, in you know, we can decide in editing what we do. But I also have another category that I've been trying to push a little bit was comments I found online that, okay, that yeah. seemed to be uh, remarkable. So here's one of them. Dan G responding to Tom Bryan's comments about this song when he yeah. put it out on Twitter. Dan G says, my only other memory of Mr. Big was seeing them open for Rush in 1991-92. And then he said, Rush fans hated them, obviously. As soon as Mr. Big's set was done, almost every female in the building left. (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. And Stephen A. Taylor underneath wrote, hands down, my most hated song of all time. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. For the hatred. Finally, Sis079 says, this song will surely continue to play for the rest of humanity's days and will remain a work of art for music. <laughs> I agree. So that was our journey through Mr. Biggs to be with you. Great song, 
full of emotion, brings up all sorts of memories. And this was our 100th episode, which is a huge, huge milestone for Bill and I. And we want to thank you for joining us for all 100 episodes. We hope we've made your taste in great music worthwhile. And we also hope that every once in a while, we've made you smile. Thank you for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.